Mac and Schmitty in the morning on Star 105.7. Movies, music, and all the gossip in one place. It's the Celebrity Scoop on Star 105.7. Well, definitely a sad passing for one iconic actor, David McCollum, most famous for playing medical examiner Dr. Donald Mallard, a.k.a. Ducky, on the hit TV show NCIS has passed away at 90. His rep announced the news yesterday. Dying at New York Presbyterian Hospital, the result of natural causes. CBS putting out a statement saying he was a gifted actor and author and beloved by many around the world. He led an incredible life and his legacy will forever live on through his family and the countless hours on film and television that will never go away. More than 400 episodes of NCIS, wow. speaking of those countless hours. Uh, he was also really known, well known for his work on a 60s TV show called The Man from UNCLE. He earned Emmys and Golden Globe knobs. He was also in The Great Escape, Night to Remember, Freud, Greatest Story Ever Told. I mean, this guy did a ton. CBS did say that they already had a huge 20th anniversary NCIS marathon that had been planned. So this will all be in memoriam for David now. Like I said, he was 90, survived by his wife of 56 years, three sons, daughter, eight grandkids. Sounds like a life well lived. Full life, absolutely. Just how long have Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey been hanging out? Obviously still not officially dating. Uh, But according to sources, the Kansas City Chiefs tight end has spent some time. Sources say that her big appearance at the game on Sunday at Arrowhead Stadium was not the first time the two have officially been together. In fact, there have been several occasions over the last few months. Now, it's very interesting uh, because I said this yesterday. She looked to be very, very friendly with Travis's mom, Donna. Like, it did not seem as though it was the first time the two had ever met. Now, some sources say that that was the first time she'd met his dad, but that she had been with mom for quite a bit. Now, the two are staying very private about this. It's very interesting. Uh, He's been told, apparently, that uh, older brother Jason is to keep his mouth shut about anything that's happening behind the scenes for these two. Something else I think is hilarious. His jersey sales, Schmitty? Up 400%. Insane. Yeah, I have that. Uh, more details about that in a scoop next hour. But Fanatics said his number 87 was the most top-selling item on the NFL shop on Sunday. Finally, Adele might be making a little stop at Zach Baggins Haunted Museum. If you're a fan of the Ghost Adventure star, uh, this video went viral over the weekend. Adele was chatting once again with some fans at her Vegas show when she heard about the Haunted Museum when she was asking about different things to do in the city. Zach Baggins Haunted. I'm scared Is it good? Oh, she's in, and Zach is thrilled. In fact, he is apparently trying to contact Adele's people to give her a VIP behind-the-scenes tour of everything at his haunted museum. Not just that, he also wants to sit her down for a personal seance with one of his very well-known psychics and mediums. This I would watch. I would love it if they had cameras rolling for this, because I think Adele would be so interesting to watch in this place. I think it'd be hilarious to see Adele and just listen to her speak and scream. I just want to see the seance. I want to see who comes through for <laughs> Adele because I feel like she's got some very interesting people in her life. All of your celeb scoop at westmichiganstar.com. What it's you. It's Mac and Schmitty and his parents. You know, we have a tendency, I think, to focus on the negatives that we see our kids do. Or a lot maybe, of guilt with parenting. Yeah, yeah that time. right there. That or you're the parent who has the blinders up whose child can do no wrong. But that's not here nor there because I got to see 
a piece of parenting in action, and I could directly correlate it, and it felt so good, Schmitty. My son, Connor, um, who's a ham? He is all over the place. You know, he's an eight-year-old boy, and he is very much an eight-year-old boy. Full energy all the time, burping, all the other gases. Come. I mean, he is a boy. Okay. But he does have some manners that he has picked up that I absolutely love. We were going to the uh, Kent District Library the other day over near our house off Cascade. And uh, we get there. My daughter's with us. And they both got a stack of books that they're returning. They probably read, you know, 30% of. And they're all excited. And they start arguing about who's going to get this one series that they're both kind of into in the back. And we get there. And, you know, this is just background. My kid's fighting, you know, background noise for me at this point. But we all get out of the car. My son's got a stack of books. And all of a sudden, I see him take off running. And my first initial reaction is, dang it, dude, we're in a parking lot. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, where where this is. And I'm like, Connor, Connor," you know what I'm saying? There's no cars around. There's almost nobody here. So I'm not really concerned about it. But I see him running. And about 15 feet from the door is an older woman with a walker. And oh, he's I getting the door watch for her? my son run past her. And oh. I'm thinking in my head, I, I went through all the emotion, Schmitty, because I was like, are you really going to burn past that woman with the walker and just you went to worst right case inside? scenario? I did. I thought yeah. he was just going to run it. And instead, because yeah. he had both hands on this stack of books, he ran up there, grabbed the door. Put his ball. He put his books down. Grabbed the door. Opened it up and waited for her to go in, and then saw her husband, who didn't have a walker mm-hmm. but did have a cane, who was like thirty feet behind, and he stood there, and he waited for that man to come through the door too. That's and I'm nice. just sitting here, and I'm like, I'm like elbowing Michelle, my wife, sitting here, and yeah. you're like, see your son, and she goes, that's you. She's like, you're a chronic door opener. And that's you do it not, all the time. That's not just a good kid. That's a good Michigander. <laughs> that's I right. get there very upset as a Midwesterner when oh. we are not the door holders. How many times are you coming out of church and you get stuck being the door holder as you should because yep. we are a polite people in this state? Oh, no. No, no. You go ahead. No, you go ahead. It was a lot of that. Like, but I realize there's 700 people in your family. I'm going to hold the door for every single one of you. I couldn't have been happier about that, though. I was immediately like, dude. That was such a good move. I'm so, you know, I'm so happy that you know that you can recognize a situation where you definitely need to do yep. something like that. And he's like, he's like, yeah, so can we stop at Frosty Boys? There it is. <laughs> it's always an angle. Always an angle right with that one. Bat. But what is something yeah. that you've seen out there that you're like, man, I actually did, I did that right as a parent. That feels good. I think I talked about this on the show when they did end of school awards yeah, last year yeah, yeah. and the teacher actually, Will's teacher had stopped me numerous times at school pickup. And she said, I just want you to know, I'm not sure I've ever seen a child as inclusive as yours. He seeks out kids on the playground that he doesn't think are being involved. He makes sure everyone understands games he's playing. He makes sure that he's sitting on the reading rug with someone who maybe needs a friend. And I could have cried because I think one of the toughest things going forward for kids is to feel included and to know that I'm raising a kid that's going to look around and make sure everyone feels involved is a very, very big deal to me. To see your kid being somebody who fills other people's bucket, right? To see to see them. That's what we do at our school. We're bucket fillers at our school. That's that's their whole mantra. It's when you do kind things for others, you are a bucket filler. And I'm just really proud of that because it's almost unteachable. It's just something he feels is a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're five. I can't believe you're already grasping that. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it does make you feel really good as a parent. Janet said, my daughter's 
No, they can tell me anything. They all consider me their best friend. Really, really sweet being open with your kids like that. Uh, a lot of talk about kids being generous people and getting their good educations. I, uh, I do like manners and honesty, though. When you see somebody have manners on their own, whew, it's tough. I love when people say you have the most polite kids I've ever met. That's a good one, too. <laughs> like, I've got, they know. Sometimes I get a good feeling. Well, here to bring the positive right now, Star 105.7, Mac and Schmitty with Feeling Good. And normally we tell you about things that already happened that lift you up. This is an opportunity for you to do something that will not only lift you up, but kids right here in West Michigan, too. On Thursday, it's Brown Bag Decorating Day for one of our favorite nonprofits here in West Michigan, Kids Food Basket. Love Kids Food Basket. If you didn't know, they are out there feeding almost 10,000 kids in Kent, Ottawa counties throughout West Michigan each and every single day. So they do amazing, amazing work. And this is an opportunity for the public to show their support for these kids and let them know how much they're loved by decorating these brown paper bags. If you can think of what you used to take your lunch to school in, uh, it's essentially what it is, but they are turning these into incredible works of art and they bring together local artists, community leaders, and of course, volunteers like yourself who will be there on Thursday at the Kids Food Basket headquarters on Plymouth near the corner of Leonard in Grand Rapids from noon until six. Decorating, get this, Schmitty, almost 200,000 bags in total. Well, you need to if you're feeding 10,000 kids a day. Right. That's only, what, yeah. 20 days right there? It's pretty wild. Kids Food Basket President and CEO Bridget Clark-Whitney told Wood TV that this makes such a difference and the kids absolutely love their own personalized bags. This is something, too, that, like, anywhere in the world you can decorate a bag and you're truly doing a service. You're truly showing up for your neighbors. You're truly brightening somebody's day, right? And just the idea of, of art therapy, too, taking some time, draw a decoration on a bag. A lot of people say, well, I'm not an artist. You don't need to be an artist. Mine are all inspirational messages. You are an awesome person. Have a great day. Like, remember that you are loved. So an opportunity to really either make some sort of an art, share an inspirational message. Again, it is that touch of love. It is that touch of love. Again, it goes down this Thursday, noon to 6.30 at the Kid Food Basket headquarters on Plymouth near the corner of Leonard. I'll make sure the details wind up for you at westmichiganstar.com. Really quick, I want to bring up too, you can do this anytime. Yeah. Kids Food Basket is always looking for volunteers. You can go help with their community garden. You can drop off bags that you and your kids make at home. I've done a ton of work with Bridget. I just love that organization. Just contact them and they will put you and your kids <laughs> to work in the best possible way. It's really Really, really cool. I saw this story over from the east side of the state and it blew me away. The kindness of people. Sonda Cunningham runs a beautiful organization called Vonnie's World. It's actually a respite center in Wayne County for families that have kids who have cognitive impairments and disabilities. So Vonnie's World caters to people ages 2 to 21 and provides a safe and loving environment that parents can drop their children off at while they step away to maybe run errands, get some work done, tend to anything that needs to be done, knowing their child is thoughtfully and safely cared for. But in a story that was uh, announced last week with Fox 2 in Detroit, Sonda is getting very concerned about the rent prices rising. And she admitted 
She didn't know how much longer the respite center had. She might have to close her doors. After that story last week was showcased, she said about $10,000 in donations rolled in. So yesterday, she wanted to thank the biggest contributor. That's Tanya Byers. She's a licensed clinical social worker. And that's when Fox 2 is on hand to deliver a second huge surprise to Sonda. This was not just going to cover rent for a year. Tanya had stepped up and with help from friends and family, she was going to pay the rent for however long the respite center was open. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah! Thank you, thank you so much. Her program is just amazing because I have three kids that are, have disabilities and I wish I would have had something like this when they were young. I didn't have that, I didn't have the help, and just to get a break was was really hard. Unbelievable, and the video is so cool. When she finally got her emotions a bit calmed down, Cunningham (laughs) simply said, when the community can come together, we are so much more together than we are individually. Truer words have not been spoken pretty phenomenal there's also a gofundme i've got it for you westmichigansstar.com you can totally understand why she got so emotional i mean to go from thinking you had to close the doors on this incredible labor of love to rent paid for the rest of your life it's really cool feeling good always here to highlight amazing things going on out in our world just like that especially when they're in our own community or in our own state we'll do it again for this morning 9 20 on star Movies, music, and all the gossip in one place. It's the Celebrity Scoop on Star 105.7. Oh, the way Taylor Swift may or may not have gotten out of that VIP suite at Arrowhead Stadium when she was at the big Kansas City game on Sunday to see rumored BF Travis Kelsey. Fans believe she snuck out of the private suite by leaving in a popcorn machine. The video has gone viral of people back in the concourse hoping to catch a view of Taylor and believe she was inside a large metallic box used to wheel popcorn to the different suites as it was being wheeled out by hospitality management. No, she's in that. She's in that. Just like her, that's her. Is she in there? She's in there like her, like her cleaning supply. <laughs> Now, of course, all of these rumors fly after there was one of her shows where she was actually wheeled in like a janitor's kind of bucket thing to get on stage so no one could see her. Um, Some sources claim that's not the case. She was actually walked out with family and the entourage they brought with them. It's Uh -uh, just they left before the Uh -uh. end of the game. But here's what's wild about this. She walked into the stadium and no one realized it at the beginning of the game. Pictures have surfaced of Taylor just walking in with a guy in a leather jacket, apparently part of Travis Kelsey's PR team. Loads of people are all around her and nobody has any idea it's Taylor Swift. Was it hiding in plain sight? Was that what was going be. on there? It must be. She's literally in her Chiefs jacket with her purse. She's just wearing a hat. And you just see all of these people going back and forth like she's a regular person. So it probably wasn't until, obviously, after the game, people realized she was there. But I guess if you don't know it's Taylor for sure, you don't believe it. Because she's literally bumping shoulders with people like, oh, excuse me. And they're like, oh, no problem. Do you know where my section is? Uh- <laughs> Taylor. 
Taylor <laughs> Swift. So I'll put those pictures and video up. You tell me if you think she can fit in a popcorn machine. Kourtney Kardashian may have accidentally had her baby's name leaked, throwing a huge Disney-themed baby shower. Oh, so over the top. Uh, they had the Dapper Dans singing, mouse ear hats, Mickey pancakes, balloons, even a giant wishing tree. They turned her backyard into Disneyland. Of course. Absolutely wild. But here's what people noticed in some of those social media posts. Notes tied to some of the trees around the party read, May baby Rocky have a life filled with love. Rocky. Now, some people are wondering, is this an actual name or is it maybe just a nickname they've been using? Because, you know, obviously Travis Barker is a rock star. Right. I wouldn't put it past them maybe at Rocky Kardashian. <laughs> I could see it being Rocky, Rocky Barker, I guess. Rocky I Barker. But this is very interesting, too. While this is all going down, Courtney is still dealing with some serious drama. Did you see the Malibu mayor blasting her team for apparently lying about getting a permit from the city for what they said was going to be a baby shower, but ended up being a giant influencer event for her company, Poosh? They showed up to a house that they had rented that happened to be right next door to the mayor. He's like, what's going on? Realized that they kind of fast-ticketed all of this paperwork they needed. They got the permit and lied about it. He went on a huge Facebook rant about how the rich and famous are treated so differently, and he's sick of it. In Los Angeles, Schmitty? Oh, no, in Malibu. I never would have ever thought that rich and famous people got preferential treatment He's really, really irritated about it. (laughs) I bet he is. Finally, veteran actor David McCollum, most famous for playing medical examiner Dr. Dr. Donald Mallard, or Ducky, you might know him as, on the hit TV show NCIS, has passed away. His rep confirming the news yesterday Yesterday, it was at New York Presbyterian Hospital, the result of natural causes. He was 90 years old. More than 400 episodes of NCIS, not to mention Emmy and Golden Globe nominations. Now, this is really cool. CBS said that they already had planned a 20th anniversary NCIS marathon that's coming up. But they plan to now add an in-memoriam for David and kind of center it all around him. He was 90. I mean, you talk about classics like The Great Escape. I mean, The Man Called Uncle. These, the guy had one of the most legendary careers in Hollywood, and it was unassuming. You know what I mean? You wouldn't have automatically nice seen it. I obviously only knew him from NCIS, but whenever you know we lose legends like this and you see his entire sheet of repertoire, it's like he was just amazing. So sad news there, but I'll let you know when that... Huge marathon is going to air. All of your scoop at westmichiganstar.com. Good morning to you, Mac and Schmitty. And you started it by saying you're not a bad parent. I'm not, but I am a competitive parent. And I wasn't prepared for this. And maybe you're going to call up and tell me that I am just a really awful mom. Because I'm having a very, very hard time on how to handle and properly motivate my son not being good at a sport. And to be fair, I don't know if he's really, he says he loves it, which is what makes this even harder. So we started our very first organized sport ever for him, which is flag football. Yeah. And uh, it's a disaster. (laughs) He's not paying attention. He dances around. Like he's just not, he's not in the game at at all. And it's really, really hard because I played like a million sports when I was a kid. I played, I mean, I was especially big into basketball and softball. I played through high school 
And I really think organized sports are a super important thing. I think it's very foundational for kids. I think it's important to be part of a team. I think it's important to learn that there's going to be other adults in your life you need to listen to and learn from outside of your parents or a teacher. I think coaches are really important. And he's just like... (laughs) Ribbon dancing around with his flags instead of just like even listening. And I think that's what has gotten me the most frustrated is it's like he's not even listening. He's not even like present. And my husband and I are really struggling with this. It was a tough, tough, tough afternoon on Sunday because he just was so out of it. And we get done and it's like, (laughs) again, maybe I'm a bad parent. I didn't even have it in me to be like, good game, dude. I was like, so that was a game. Uh, are we feeling, how'd, how'd are we feel feeling okay, buddy? Like, I don't know if he's like getting sick. Well, he just seems so out of it. And so we asked him, we were like, do you enjoy playing flag football? Because like, we're, we're never going to do this again. And he goes, yeah, I love it. It's so fun. <laughs> and I'm like, so what are you doing out there? Like at one point, and these coaches are really, really great. And it's a learn-to-play league. Yeah. I respect that. He's yeah. never played a sport like this before. And maybe we're not spending enough time in the backyard, like, getting... I just don't think he's competitive. That's what my husband said. He goes, I just don't think he's competitive. Because at one point, he had the ball, and one of the kids grabbed his flag, which is what you're supposed to do instead of a tackle. And he was so excited because the kid gave him his flag back. <laughs> I just think I Finally, have, you got my flag. I think I just have this very kind-hearted soul of a five-year-old that is not competitive in any way, shape, or form. And it is killing me on the inside. <laughs> Can I tell you what I think, honestly? I think this is uh, this is your, you and Chris's hangout. I don't think it's about your son and his lack of competitiveness. He's in kindergarten doing his first organized sport. I am coaching kids right now that are almost that are twice his age, and they dance around like crazy. So they, it's good that you brought that up because I've been going to my friends about this, yeah. and they've all kind of said the same thing where they're like, "Oh my gosh!" Like my my one really close friend said, "My son was uncoachable until he was like eight. Right. He played goalie when he was in soccer, and an ambulance went by, and he was so enamored." He let three goals go in the net. That's awesome. It just feels like there's other kids in his age range there that are really, really good. Yeah. Like everybody else seems. And I want him to find something he enjoys. If it's not this, then let's find something else. But he's like, no, I love it. And it's so fun. I'm like, it doesn't look like you're having fun. That's that's the important part. It doesn't right look there. like you're having fun to me. So if you are, I'm good, but you just look tired and bored. <laughs> Honestly, and I, it's been very, very challenging. And I feel like a really, like I said, awful, awful parent about this because I want him to be so involved and interested in this. I don't know if you have some good advice. 616-458-1057. If you're a sport parent or maybe a volunteer coach, you know, how am I a better mom about this? Because I want him to explore other things. I want him to try t-ball or soccer or any kind of thing that could be an organized team activity. And I'm just... I don't know what to do. I think mama's <laughs> internal fire, your internal fire of competitiveness, I I feel like it's being projected and, and for rightly so. That's See, every parent. Totally normal. I disagree. Normal. I don't think it's my, I'm competitive and I get that. I just want him to find something that is his so badly. Yeah. And I'm afraid that we have just completely missed the boat on this. And I know he's only five. Everybody will tell me that. Right. But also if you have kids in sports, you understand like if you find a sport you love, there's kids there that have been playing since they were like three. Yeah. So it's a big deal to me. 458-1057. I am facing the competitive parent dilemma. Do you have some 
Sage advice on what I can do. We got three weeks left of jumping around with our flags. <laughs> Four five eight one zero five seven. I think a lot of parents might tell you too. Sometimes it takes one good play, like your son to be able to make one run, one catch, well, he one did touchdown. Get handed the ball, and then he stood there, and another kid came and took it from him and did a touchdown. <laughs> so he's definitely a team player. He there loves every. He's a good cheerleader. Loves that part of it. Salty. And just like that bag of green means, you got to stab with your fork to let all the air out. That's what we're basically doing here if I've painted the picture well enough. Salty Schmitty right now on Star. And really, usually I'm salty at someone or something else, and it's all me. I just have this ridiculous fear of everything. And I'm sure it's myself to blame. We've talked before. I, you know, I'm watching all the serial killer documentaries and the paranormal stuff. And so naturally, when it comes around to Halloween time, I'm very, very jumpy. And I just wish I could get over, like, the not scary stuff. We're at Meyer last night. I yeah. talked about it at the start of the show. My son has been begging me to go get a new Halloween decoration this year. I said, perfect. They got all their Halloween stuff out. So we went there, and they had this giant blow-up tunnel thing, which they had last year as well. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Mom, will you please walk walk through it with me? And I said, sure. It's, it's not going to be a big I mean, deal. It's at Meyer. It's, it's in a Meyer. Deal, yeah. I walk in there and I didn't realize on one side of this tunnel, there's a speaker that you can't see and it's motion censored. So when you walk by it, it does this like screaming thing. And I nearly soiled my pants. <laughs> I shrieked so loud in the back of the Naps Corner Meyer. Will like spins around. It's like, mom, are you, are you okay? I was like, that got me. And then he looked and he had his very first embarrassed by my mom moment. Like there were other kids around. Yeah. He immediately exited the tunnel, like walked away from me. And then we were going to check out and he was like, okay, mom, I don't think we should ever go back to the Halloween <laughs> section again. Schmitty's so salty. From this point forward, mom, you're going to need to keep about a 15 foot distance from me at all times. I can't be seen with someone like you. Yeah. He's going to ask me to pick him up down the street from school. I see it coming. <laughs> Movies, music, and all the gossip in one place. It's the Celebrity Scoop on Star 105.7. Well, now that Taylor Swift has been linked to Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, there's a group of people asking for her to help end this. It all has to do with the famed tomahawk chop that Chiefs fans are known to do during games, which has become quite a big tradition. And not everyone is very happy about that, including one Native American group. The organization called Not In Our Honor is headed up by Rhonda Livaldo, who is out with other Native American activists and advocates with lots of signage reflecting their demands. Lose the chop, maybe even discuss changing Kansas City's name. See, they are now making a direct plea to Taylor that she's gotten a seat with one of the big players saying, we remain hopeful that an outside influence like Miss Swift could be an ally for us in moving the conversation forward on why the chop is a racist act. They're actually asking her to talk with those in charge and say, listen, it's time for this to be done. You know, we have seen other sports teams sort of um, take this issue on and change their names. The Washington football team. Uh, most now the notably. Commanders, yeah, right? The, the Cleveland Guardians. But my question is, is uh, we haven't really heard that conversation happen much around the Kansas City Chiefs. I've, I felt we like have with the Tomahawk Chop. With the Tomahawk that Chop specifically. That has been a yeah. very, very long history of groups saying, this is not okay and right. we're not sure why you're still doing this. It'll be interesting to see if Taylor takes this up because these kinds of things tend to be very passionate to her. Britney Spears has worried fans once again, this time in a new Instagram video. 
dangerously dancing with two massive butcher knives. She posted the video yesterday holding the razor sharp blades and writing, I started playing in the kitchen with knives today while she was rubbing and even clapping the blades together while she was dancing. There were a couple times where she was kind of running them over herself. The video itself does seem very, very dangerous. Brittany claims she was only playing today. It was not a big deal that she's doing just fine. But once again, everybody's asking, okay, you're dancing in your living room with butcher knives. Who is there in your corner? She ended up changing the caption and saying, don't worry, they're not real knives. Halloween is soon. I mean, so, I'm sorry, but Brittany, uh, can, the someone, look either way can someone look great. into a conservatorship? Because I feel Not like we great. need to go back to that. Finally, what a move by Beyonce and the Bayhive, too. They were a big part of this. Coming through for one epic fan. His name is John Hetherington, and he shared his story to TikTok about how he had to miss the show he was so desperate to see because the airline said they couldn't fit his wheelchair on board. Well, guess I'm not going to... Seattle and I'm not seeing Beyonce. Got to the airport to take my flight and they tell me that my chair is apparently four inches too tall to be loaded onto the plane. So they checked every possible flight, every airline and nothing is available. So after 25 years of waiting, I'm not seeing Beyonce tonight. But he would be later. The Bayhive made the video go viral, tagging Queen Bay. And then as she works in mysterious ways, John all of a sudden got a call from a representative of hers. They personally invited him to her Houston show. They arranged transportation to and from the show as well as the flight. John posted a few updates from the concert, including a moment with Beyonce. Didn't go any further. Just said, I will treasure those words you said and the hugs you gave. I meant every word I said. For anyone and everyone reading this, I'm not going to ever share with you what was said to me, but that moment is between the two of us and she is as incredible as she seems. What an emotional roller coaster from the lowest of lows for a fan like that to think you're not going to get to go to the highest of highs. You meet the queen. And well done to the Bayhive for making that happen. All of your celeb scoop, including some of those picks at westmichiganstar.com. Style 105.7, Mackie Schmitty looking for the fall vibes. You're going to find them at Apple Valley Corn Maze and Fun Farm. And we've got four tickets for you when you give us today's Battle of the Sexes top answer. Here is the question. 100 women surveyed. Name something a doctor might ask a patient to do during a checkup. And uh, let's hold off on the jokes and remember that <laughs> kids might still be listening right now. I got to say, I always forget how to breathe. You take that deep breath. I'm like, did I do it wrong? 616-458-1057. Caller 7, first chance at the number one answer. A hundred women surveyed. Name something a doctor might ask a patient to do during a checkup and you could score your way to Apple Valley Corn Maze and Fun Farm. How old are you? How old are you? I'm eight. Eight years old. All right, Willow, 100 women were asked to name something a doctor might ask a patient to do at a checkup. What do you think their top answer was? Um, take a deep breath. Take a big, deep out. breath. You know, when they get that stethoscope in there, they're making sure they're listening to your lungs and your heart and making sure everything's working right, Okay, right? Mm-hmm. You got to do that at every doctor's appointment. I mean, even at eight years old, we know that. And that's why it's a top answer. Congratulations. Yeah, you guys are going to go to Apple Valley Corn Maze and Fun Farm. 
Yeah, not a problem. Yes, it was. Uh, to take that big breath, followed by undress, then cough, and then open wide and say, ah, they always do that when they stick the uh, popsicle stick-like thing in your mouth, too, don't they, Willow? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, great job today. And you guys have a blast at Apple Valley Court Mason Fun Farm, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Battle of the Sexes, 815 here on Star. Well, there are amazing things happening all around you when you're looking for it. And that's what we do every day. Feeling good right now on Star 105.7. So many people are saying this is what the boys will be boys message should be. So this little trick-or-treater got an early dose of Halloween on the South Carolina campus. It turns out that a bunch of the fraternities and sororities decided to have an early trick-or-treat event over the weekend. And this little guy, staying anonymous online, but decided to come dressed as his most favorite character, who just happens to be Harry Potter. But it's the way that one fraternity reacted to him casting spells on them. (laughs) He'd point his wand and they'd fall back to the brick house. He'd point his wand and they'd fall to the ground. At one point, he was turning them into different kinds of animals. It's such a heartwarming video. It's gone viral on TikTok. The mom saying, I couldn't in a million years have expected college students to react in such a way. And it was the most magical experience for my little guy. So I can't thank that fraternity enough. It's really cute. I'll find it. Put it on our Insta stories at West Michigan Star. I mean, big kids playing with me. Doing Harry Potter, that's awesome. We're not playing. Harry Potter's a real thing. He was actually pushing them back towards the building. Sorry about that. All right, folks, hockey season is almost here, including for Ferris State hockey, who did a really cool thing yesterday afternoon in announcing their captains. Well, of course, if you didn't know, our Detroit Red Wings have been up in Traverse City doing their training camp up there. And on the way back down, head coach Derek Lalonde, well, he made a special stop at Ferris State, his old stomping grounds. If you didn't know, he was actually an assistant on the Ferris State hockey staff from 2002 to 2006. Come a long way since then. He is, of course, now the Red Wings head coach, but was there to announce the captain for this year's upcoming season for Ferris State. And it went to Brendan McLaren, who's going to wear that C on his sweater for the second year in a row. And both Lalonde and McLaren told Fox 17 it was a special moment for both of them. It was a huge honor for me. Uh, this program meant a lot to me. Uh, it was one of my first coaching jobs. Um, I was really green and raw. I grew immensely. It was an honor for me when Bob said, and it literally, it couldn't have felt any better. We, we had our last practice in Traverse City this morning and drove straight here on the way home, and it's worked out great. Not many teams in the country get a NHL co- head coach to come in and announce captains, and it's very, very special. It means a lot to all of us. Yeah, pretty cool to have an NHL head coach come back and give you that C. But uh, Bulldogs open up their season October 7th. Red Wings not too far behind. Going to kick off the season on October 12th. Let's go Red Wings. Beautiful. Feeling good. Comes at you twice a day. Always here for that pick-me-up. We'll do it again for you tomorrow, 645 and 920 on Star 105.7. Mac and Schmitty in the morning. Weekday starting at 6 a.m. on Star 105.7.